The following is a presentation of Team Bonding, providing more than 100 live, virtual, or hybrid corporate team building activities for companies around the world. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Hello, team. Once again, it's me, Rich Renansland, and I'm welcoming you to Team Building Around the World the podcast where I speak to people from the team bonding, team building industry from all across the globe. Today, we are going to far off Pakistan to speak to the co-founder of Art of Travel, Mr. Faraz Wahid. But first, of course, let me actually take a second to send some love out to my supporters. This show is supported by the Catalyst Team Building Network. Find out more about the world's largest network of team building providers at catalystglobal.com. We also want to thank our friends at B1G1, which can make your business a real force for good. Please visit B1G1.com to get started. And now back in 2018, The Art of the Travel was founded and they designed novel, transformative, activity-rich, and culturally immersive global travel experiences for everyone, everywhere. Join me in welcoming the co-founder of Art of Travel, Mr. Faraz Wahid, ladies and gentlemen. Faraz, that's just thank a small so co- that's thank a small collection so of people. Wonderful introduction. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's just a small collection of people I have hidden under my desk. So don't worry about them. <laughs> Please, let's start off right. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Faraz. Okay, so I'm Faraz. Right now, I'm sitting in Karachi. That's uh, one of the largest metropolitan city of uh, Pakistan. Mm. It's uh, right down south. So we have beaches, we have ports. And it's one of the busiest metropolitan city, the busiest uh, mega city of Pakistan. So you, there's like everybody from all over Pakistan you will find in this one city, from all languages, from all ethnicity. So uh, this is where I am. And I'm actually uh, a psychology graduate. Uh, huh. So I've always been working. So I started working when I was 16 years old. Uh, one of my first venture was actually a software house. And uh, then after trying different businesses and, you know, failing and learning. uh, (laughs) Yeah. So and then then I decided that there's uh, I felt like psychology is something that I feel can have like a transformational effect on the different lives of people. So Mm. I studied psychology and then started working in consulting firm, which was actually, you know, they used to design training for the corporates. uh, Some way down the road, I decided now it's time to uh, open our own startup. So it's out of travel. And the idea was that we wanted to focus more on activities and less of sightseeing because we felt that when we uh, create an experience for people that they have never done before mm-hmm. and it's new to them, it changes them in a way that uh, that's very transforming. And, uh, you know, that's why we uh, love what we do. If you don't mind, uh, you're a psychology graduate. That seems, especially for folks here in the States, most of my listeners, that would <laughs> seem to be a bit outside of the realm of team building and team bonding. How did that inspire you to get into this kind of line of work? The reason I went into psychology is because I felt that, you know, I am better with people and I wanted to do something for other people, mm-hmm. you know, maybe uh, helping them, uh, you know, overcome some obstacles in their lives. Okay. And when I was actually working um, in the consulting firm and we were designing these uh, outdoor programs for the people. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we, so the idea was that we used to take people outdoor in the wilderness and, you know, we used to camp where mm-hmm. there's there. So there were no phone signals, you know, there was nothing. It's like right in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
we used to do these training sessions with the people, you know, we, we used to train them like different soft skills and, and all that. And uh, what I realized is that when we so, we, so we used to also take them on different adventures, you know, so let's say we used to take them to, to whitewater rafting and some ice climbing, caving and all that. Okay. And what I realized was that when we design these experiences for the, these people, they, they actually overcome their fear by just doing that experience. So for example, you know, we used to take them on a cliff jump. So right before a cliff jump, they're like very afraid. They don't want to jump. And right after they make that jump, and they feel that, you know, they have conquered something, that they, they have overcome their fear. And then you talk to them about how you can use the same experience in your real life oh. and, uh, you know, make this change permanent. So that's where I got the idea that, you know, instead of like sitting with people one-on-one and helping them out, why not help different teams? Why not help, you know, uh, more and more people at the same time? And and I really felt that this can be actually more effective than, uh, you know, talking to people because I... I that's what I felt. I mean, action seeming to bring out more in folks than just yes, talking yes, about problems. Yes, yes, I felt there's more control, and you can do different interventions, and you know the, these things can really change people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that was the main idea. So you you co-founded Art of Travel. Can you tell us a little bit about your your co-founder? Yeah. So my co-founder is actually my wife Hajra, Lovely. and uh, she's also a psychologist. Ah. Uh, we were in the same class. Uh, how we met is we love movies, you know, so we're big fan of Martin Scorsese and, you know, hmm. uh, so, so we used to talk about movies as well. And then we said that why not get married? We have so much in common and uh, <laughs> we had like same goals. We always wanted to do something together that involves traveling and, you know, creating experiences for people. So that's how it started. Now, when did you join up with Catalyst? Okay, so we are very new. We are very recent. So right, 2018, uh, right, is when you guys founded. It was right at the end of 2018. So wow. officially, we joined. So it was, it was in the beginning of January. We were there as a part of this uh, community. Okay, and uh, yeah, so. I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile, actually, and it says you are in charge of gamification. What does that mean to you? So it means that so Catalyst have different products. Yeah, and. Um, so what we do here is whenever we go to these companies, we tell them that we can gamify everything. So one of our ah. recent projects is actually we are designing a whole onboarding uh, system. Uh, like we are dis- gamifying a company's onboarding. So if you look at a typical organization, how so let's say they, they hire like new people. So they just hired like 40 people. Uh-huh. What they do is they bring them inside a room and tell them that, you know, these are the values. The, the, uh, these are the company values. This is what we do. Now, if you actually look at those videos that they record for promotional, so you actually get a feel that, okay, people are actually not as excited, like, you know, just for sitting there for one hour hearing do companies value. So we told them uh, that why not we gamify them? So, you know, we are designing this whole program where they have to find these values, information, and they have to create small improvised videos for the values nice. and, you know, tell company stories through games and all that. So, you know, we, we believe that that would actually make it more memorable. Mm-hmm. And uh, since the people are young, they connect to stories, they connect to games. That's what gamification means, you know. Fantastic. If we can, let's focus a little bit on Pakistan because that's fascinating to me yeah. as well as to my listeners. Uh, what is what is the industry like there? Okay, so when you talk about team building, the, the industry is very young. I mean, it's just starting. Right. So we have three different divisions and they're all 
very blurred. So we have training that that are instructor led. Okay. So uh, you know, six seven hours training where uh, a trainer comes in, uh, opens up the PowerPoint presentation, and then takes you through the whole content. Then there is motivational speaking, and then there's team building. Huh. So companies are just starting to realize that how important team building is but they don't understand what team building is so what they okay. do is they name an event that it's a team building event but what they actually end up doing is they actually call a motivational speaker who speaks for two hours and then you know just motivates them talks to them about their company and then goes away i see so, so right now our struggle is to actually educate these companies like how team building works how it's working all around the world so it's it's just starting and it's uh, and right now problem is that even the trainers when they do these team building events they don't do they don't actually use kind of rich activities mm-hmm. and when people actually come into those uh, training halls you know they already know what's going to happen so one of the yeah. main reason actually for joining Catalyst was that we were actually on a lookout that how can we cre- create these experiences where when people come into the room they really don't know uh, what's about to happen. Something that is so new that they have never experienced it before. You know, it's just mm-hmm. we wanted to blow their mind in the first place. And how do you do so? Give me an example of something that you actually promote or put in front of folks. Okay, so uh, we did recently, we did like, we ran like a infinite loop. So that, that's an amazing business simulation where they uh, the, half of the part of the puzzle is inside the v- virtual reality set and half is outside. Right. And uh, you divide people into team and they have to help the one who's wearing the VR set solve the problems. And it's more it's it's an amazing activity. It's about communication. Somebody's inside VR. Somebody's outside. You have to communicate verbally. And, you know, there are complex problem challenges that they have to solve. So even at Art of Travel, what we really do always is we always tell the HR department, you don't disclose what's about to happen. So let's say if you're taking people for ice climbing, we don't tell them that we are actually going to a glacier and we're doing ice climbing because the surprise element, it makes event very engaging because people are curious. People don't know what's going on. And when you then when you present something in front of them, they're like, they're, they, they're like blown away. So in this uh, VR headset, uh, this infinite loop game right. that we played, right. what we did, we, uh, we bought a bunch of participants inside a room and there was a box and then we suddenly play the video and people don't know. We just told, told them that they have to sit in their teams and then we play a video where a guy is trapped inside a VR set and you are the hackers who have to help uh, help uh, bring him out. And then people don't know that it's a virtual reality event. And then when they open the boxes and they see a VR headset, they put it on, they're inside a room and then boom, magic. You know, people people just love it. So when this first event happened, it, it went for, the origin of the event was supposed to be one and a half hours, mm-hmm. but it uh, but we ended up going as far as two and a half hours and when the event was finished people had no idea that they were in there for 2.5 hours excellent so yeah so that's that's the magic i mean if 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 you use surprise element and then the product itself is good, the facilitation is good, I think, yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for that, Faraz. If you actually give me just one quick second, I need to pay a little bit of bills yeah. over here on our side. So yeah. let me take a break for a moment just to tell my team out there about Catalyst Team Building Network, an association of team building providers. With representatives in over 90 countries speaking more than 20 languages, the Catalyst Network is widely regarded as the voice of the team building industry. 
network members share resources, best practices, and business opportunities. Catalyst partners are learning from each other and pushing the boundaries of what is possible in team building. Catalyst Network members share a common goal of creating highly relevant, socially responsible, good-valued experiences for their clients. For more information, please visit CatalystGlobal.com. The Catalyst Team Building Network, the world's largest network of team building providers. So for us, getting back into this, so you don't let them tell the client what they're getting into when they've hired you. Give me an example. What does a pitch like that sound like? What do you actually tell them you're going to be doing for them? So first we tell them, so only one or two person in the HR, they know, right? right, That what's going to happen. Okay. What we tell them, we tell, we explain them this theory that, you know, when you surprise them, when you don't, first of all, if you don't tell them like what's going to happen and you just create like small teasers, Mm -hmm it's going to excite people. So we tell them that, you know, and most of the reason why HR people are actually uh, contacting us and doing all these activities because they want employee engagement. So we tell them that the engagement starts, that engagement starts should at least, should at least like should start from day or two before the event. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we tell them that, you know, you don't tell them anything that you just send them teasers. And uh, we have seen that in our experience when the surprise element is there, when people don't know what's going to happen, it, you know, people really enjoy it. They're curious, they learn more. Mm. And, you know, it's, it it will be one of the best experience in their life. But if you tell them everything, what's about to happen, (laughs) like a day or two before, and they come with certain expectations that, Oh, you know, it's technology. I'm not okay okay with it. I don't know. Maybe it's the same stuff and all that. If, if you take them in that direction, then it may, the experience may not be as powerful as it could be. Hmm. It's hard to visualize someone actually going, oh, so I shouldn't tell them anything. Okay. Because as a facilitator myself, I've gone into so many events just with everybody already knowing what it is they think we're trying to do. And you're absolutely right. Even here in the States, I was in charge of a lot of escape rooms before, you know, in the old times, before COVID-19 locked us all down. (laughs) Um, But when I would go into the room, they're like, oh, it's just another escape room. But they still had no concept of what was going to be required to win it. Mm. They just Mm. thought that they knew what it was. So I I see your point, and that's an actually really valid one. But let me talk about, if we can, culturally in Pakistan. What kind of significant challenges do you face there in bringing a team building to a a client? If you look at Pakistan now, our corporate culture mm-hmm. is a little bit serious. Okay. So, you know, you know, they always encourage you to wear suits and, you know, it's always how you look and how okay. you're perceived. People are very conscious of what you're thinking of them. Right. Mm. So that is also one of the reasons why we need team building here more and more in Pakistan, because people actually don't open up to each other and right. it's very reserved culture. So, so when you tell them that, uh, you know, people are going to have fun and they are going to learn something. Right. So they are like skeptical. Okay. Fun and learning. There are two different things, you know, for <laughs> learning is all about you. It's about classrooms and, you know, it's about talking serious stuff. You know, it's mm. about, you know, presenting theories about personality and everything. And it's, it's like a six, eight hour session. How are you going to do that? And then that's what we tell them, you know, it's, it's so Right now, it's our struggle is more about like you. We need to like educate them that you know make them aware that 
fun and learning is mm. not two different things. They are the same things. And when you combine fun with learning, that actually makes it more effective. Like people really learn, like people really change. And that's what we see in these team building events that we do. So we see that people like 40 people, they came into the same buses after like a two hour drive right. and they're traveling in the same bus. They're not talking to each other. Okay. And though they have been working in the same company for maybe five, six years mm. and then they, they, they get off the bus and they're all serious and they, they feel that they're on the beach. Mm. And when we run these events, when we do these small team building activities, we actually see like visually it's right there in front of you that people are communicating these so that people are making fun of each other making people are doing stupid things you know silly things that's <laughs> exactly it. and and you know that this is a golden moment because maybe when they go back to office they they may they may not experience these moments and that's right. why what happens is when you meet these people after a while they always tell you that you know wow that was an amazing experience you know you know after that team building activity and staying the night outside and camping on the beach you know we spoke all night and you know it was amazing you know wish we could do that again so Lovely. you know it's always and it, it's it's one of the reasons that motivates us like exactly what we do mm-hmm. you know it's very inspiring for us that even sometimes because we do these events like a lot of lots of lots of events and you know they're like sometimes there are 40 people 50 people 100 people it's hard to remember faces it's hard to remember names so you're just walking randomly in a mall right. and somebody would come up to you and say even though you don't recognize them he would say oh did you do you remember me yeah you know, so you took us there up in the mountains and you did these activities you know amazing fun stuff great so, yeah, because yeah. It, it is even here in the States where we are certainly not so rigid as you suggested for your folks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we have the biggest fear that I have faced is the people who are just terrified of looking foolish. Yes. You know, especially yes, in front absolutely. of their especially in front of their coworkers and especially if they're middle to upper management. They don't want to be yes. seen as as weak. How do you overcome that? Can you give me an example of when you know, something like that occurred where someone had that aha moment of, I don't have to worry about that for you. Okay. So that happens when the activity that they're doing, is so immersive. Okay. So immersive that they don't realize that they're doing silly stuff. Mm. Right. So because, and, 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 and yeah, the important thing is, so people do these things. So if you ask somebody to go and do silly things, nobody's going to do it. But right. if you divide them into teams, Okay, you say this is team one, team two, team three, team four. And then you tell them that you are going to be competing against each other, right? Mm. So when that happens, the whole dynamic changes, you know? So now people are doing things not because they're conscious, but now they're because they are super competitive and they, they, they start doing these silly things and then they realize, oh, it's not so bad after all. But initially it started as a competition, then Mm -hmm. becomes a realization, but you know, uh, when they do realize it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. That, then you actually see them opening up to people. You see them doing more silly stuff, maybe dancing at night and all that. So, yeah, so that's, I, I think that that's how we overcome it. Like always start with teams and then ask the group to come together and do things. Yeah. It's always amazing to me that for as long as we've been doing this podcast, talking to all over the world, just finding out how competitiveness is always seems to be the core of how things begin, <laughs> no matter where you yeah. go. Yes, yes. But let's switch gears for a second, if you don't mind, uh, Faraz. What kind of charitable work 
do you folks have there in Pakistan? And do you have any okay, favorite so, charities? Okay, so we don't work directly with charities. What, However, what we do is, you know, we're, whenever you're taking people on these trips, so mm-hmm. so if you look at Pakistan, we are down in the south, okay? And there's this whole northern area at the top. Okay. And this is like one of the most beautiful areas in the world. So there's mountains, terrains, and they're like remote areas, and there are remote communities. We have mm-hmm. borders with India, and there's Kashmir and all that. So what we do is we actually uh, always involve like the local communities, like to set up our camps, to be part of it, you know, uh, like part of the interaction with the corporate. So we Hmm. always do that. We always hire the people who are locals who are there. And, you know, we we don't take people from like the metropolitan city. We always, always use the locals, you know, and that has helped us a lot because they take ownership. And, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, they always help us. Yeah, and it's like a bond that we form and it's like a good interaction where people from two different cultures, you know, the city culture and the remote area culture, they come together, they respect each other, they understand each other. Hmm. So that's what we do, yeah. And of course, being part of Catalyst, you are now also part of the B1G1 network. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Can you explain to people how that works? So how it works is, you know, when we do an event, proceedings from the earnings actually go to these uh, charities and communities. That's how it works. We are still in the process of actually exploring that because we just started. Yeah. Let let me take a second then, if you don't mind, Faraz, and I'll talk to you, my folks, and you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell everyone about B1G1, which can make your business a real force for good. When you're part of B1G1, you bring new purpose, meaning, and relevance to your business by making giving a core of what you do. Unlike conventional giving models, B1G1 helps small and medium-sized businesses achieve more social impact by embedding giving activities in their everyday business operations to create unique giving stories. Every business transaction can impact lives from as little as just one cent. So please visit B1G1.com to get started. B1G1, business for good. So uh, Faraz, as I was saying, we're still in the grips of COVID-19 here. And even though we have been talking about reopening slowly, there's still signs that show that our wave one still hasn't even ended yet. How are things like, how are things happening for you folks over there in Pakistan? Okay. So we uh, said uh, right now there are no lockdowns in Pakistan, right? Oh, that's great. Yeah. So everything, uh, so what they did, they first, they restricted, they uh, they made the restriction. There was a lock, the complete lockdown for almost two months, Mm. but, but they eased everything in last two to two and a half weeks. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is that, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the the cases are on the rise Uh and uh, the companies are actually faced with these, uh, you know, new challenges. Uh, Recently I spoke to one of the guys. So there's this company, everybody was working from home. So when they eased the restriction, uh, they said that now everybody can come in Mm -hmm. and they can uh, start working. So they, everybody just worked there for one week before they realized that half of the office has, uh, has been tested positive. So they closed everything down. So that's what happening. That's what actually happening in Pakistan right now. Some of the companies are opening up, but they, again, they have to close down and then they have to open up again. Mm. So actually, I think most of the companies are actually right in the middle of actually figuring out how this would actually work. Okay. But, but it's, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, and some companies have decided, you know, they're just uh, going to do like half of employees will come one week, half will come other, um, you know, um, you know, some other week. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that nobody's actually following the social distancing and everything. What are you doing? I mean, how how is Art of Travel handling this? We were like 
uh, totally booked for like June, July, August, and September. Mm. And we spent this month and last month refunding everything, uh, oh. you know, refunding to all our clients. Yeah. So our, the travel is, so travel is n- not happening, not this year. Okay. So uh, we have calculated everything. We've, you know, we've decided that we're just going to not do anything in terms of travel because there is not going, because this is the, right now, as we speak, this is like the peak season. June, July, August. Okay. Majority of companies, people actually take these trips. Mm. But the best part is that we have Catalyst. And because this community is so amazing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they were very quick to adapt. And they, like, created these online versions of offline um, activities. Right. And they are, like, super amazing. Uh, and I'm really glad and I, uh, that we, we have Catalyst and I'm really happy and very proud that we are the only one in Pakistan who are actually offering these activities. So huh. you know, that, that puts us in a very unique position. So right now, all these trainers and the motivational industries, they, they are scratching their head. Like they're trying to figure out like, how are we going to do it? Because you do a podcast with people all the time. You right. know how difficult it is to hold people's attention yep. if they're not engaged in an activity. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 you know, like it's uh, just like in the traditional training, people will not sit and just hear everything you're saying for like four hours. And just like you said, your kid was on the YouTube. Yep, so, yep. you know, all these things are happening. So, so they're actually f- trying to figure out what is going to be the next step. Mm. And they're kind of hoping that things would maybe if things get better, people will actually uh, trainings will start again. But we don't see that happening. And uh, this is like a competitive edge. And people are really curious what we are doing. And, uh, you know, we, we get lots of queries and, you know, we're talking to people. And hopefully once companies have actually figured out how they're going to move forward with yeah. the uh, like working from home or not working from home. And then I think that the next step, they, the next problem is that how you keep people engaged at home mm-hmm. because then they, because when you're working from home, they're like remotely disconnected and you don't get to have those fun moments. And that's where Catalyst products come in. They will need it because that is the best way to engage people to make sure that friends are still friends. People are talking to each other. There is no communication barrier. And, you know, obviously it's great to have fun, you know, during these uh, depressing times. Right. So, yeah. Have you actually done, taken part in any of the virtual events the Catalyst is offering? Yes, 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 yes. Have- so uh, one of the events, it was uh, peak performance. Okay, now, how does that work? Is, it, imagine this. It's, it is a simulation of a mountain summit. Okay. okay. So what you do is you work as a tour operator. You're a tour company and your job is to take people, you uh, take your clients, take them on the top summit and then come back. Mm. Now Everest is ever changing. Like the dynamics are changing. So every day weather, weather is changing. You know, there are different problems. There are crevices. So you have to work as a team. Mm-hmm. and divide responsibility. So one person has to look at the weather. The other person has to figure out the logistics. The third person has to figure out what move to make. And that is, that is, I think, an amazing metaphor in today's time that, you know, that we are all going through a very tough situation where the environment is ch- getting tougher and changing every day. Right. So that was, uh, so that, that, that's peak performance. Uh, so that, that was the event that I participated and we ran peak performance with, with startups. So we have like incubators here who actually fund these startups. Did these, we did this activity with like 15, 15 startups mm. and the activity itself was so powerful because we took, took them through the demo and we showed them the video and they played the game. Mm-hmm. And then 
when it ended during the debrief we usually ask how did it go we didn't have to like say anything and they were relating everything that was going inside that game to actually the real life that's so great the, so the startups were saying you know this is so relevant the environment is changing you have to make plans and even if you make plans <laughs> they they can fail you know and they yeah. can always fail you can do all the planning and you can do all the hard work but sometimes you know the, the you get unlucky and you know so and also like you know sometimes you're right about to summit and you say that you no know, it's okay now right we we are right at the end we should push ourselves and when you push yourself the weather changes and then you all die so <laughs> so yeah so it was really great watching these startups connecting these things to real life right and you know that's where we actually see the value in all of the catalyst products is i mean the outcomes of the learnings are, are amazing people can easily relate it to what they are doing in real life and i think it's so so that's why we really love that speaking of which i want to if we can get more on your personal experience for us i want to actually ask you some of your personal memories mm. my my grandfather <laughs> always told me talking of failure <laughs> you're giving yourself a brand new chance to try again um yeah so mm. Do you have a memory of an event where you thought that this challenge is just too great to overcome, but then you managed to, to pull the success out of it? So there was this event and it, it is very recent. Okay. Uh, so what we do is with Art of Travel, we take people to these remote places uh-huh. and where there's no cell phone connectivity. If something goes wrong, let's say if you don't, and it's very far from the city, so you have to. If if you forget something, if something happens, you have to go back, like drive three hours back, and you know sort the problem out. Right. And there's no phone, so you right. cannot call anyone. So we were at this beach, again, very far from the city, mm-hmm. and so the food was supposed to be arriving at two o'clock because we were not cooking it there and it was supposed to be arriving at two o'clock and we were totally out of contact with everyone uh, that was in the city that was in charge of the food and uh, the training session was about to end and uh, you know i was actually running one of the activity i ran the activity and i was like where where is the food guy and because it was an event for a very big company uh, and, and a new client as well. I, I was like, I, I spoke to one of the uh, HR people. I told them that, is it okay if, you know, there is a food delay? And she said, no, no, not at all. You know, <laughs> people love food. You know, it's part of the experience. Everything that we told them that, you know, food is suppo- the food is supposed to be awesome and it's always a part of good experience. So she told me that, you know, she just threw it in my face and she told me like, no, 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 the, the food needs to arrive. So I figured out that, Maybe this guy is lost. He has no idea huh. where, uh, where, you know, where, where the beach is. Okay. So I went back. There was no cell phone. I went back and they were like different. So I tried to think from his perspective, like where he was coming and everything, tried to recall everything. And then it took me some time to find him. He was actually lost and he was like very confused. He thought I'd, he would, you know, somebody would come and rob him. I brought, brought him back with me and, you know, everything went perfect. But when I was driving, it was like every, like I was totally, I was like, oh my God, what what's going to happen if the food doesn't show up? <laughs> you know, although it's just food, but you know, it was like, those were like, it, it was very terrible. Thank God you managed to get that turned around. Yeah. You'd have a bunch of very hungry people on your hands. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faraz, thanks so much for coming on board with this. Uh, we really appreciate hearing everyone's insights, especially from Pakistan. You're like you're like one of the only people I've talked to so far from the from you know, wow. the Middle East. So thank you for being with us. I'm I'm actually thanking you so much because I'm about to put you on the hot seat here, and we're gonna be. Oh it's time for us to play a little game that I call my speed round. Now to explain what that is, just like when we introduce people into a new setting, a new team building event, they're always kind of dreading the idea of what they're going to have to do. So this is kind of payback for them. But the objective <laughs> is for you to answer the questions I'm about to ask you in 60 seconds. You're going to answer as many questions as you can. The number to beat right now is 13. If you can get 13 or more over, then that means you're part of my winning circle. <laughs> so just get a little challenge going there for you. But the objective, of course, answer yes. as quickly as you can. The first thing that comes into your mind, okay? Yeah. Fantastic. Don't dread these it. These games it's... are, by the way, these these games are, like, by the way, hardest. Like, I've been trying to crack them since I was a kid. <laughs> but, yeah, these are the hardest. Like, they put you right at the spot. Yep. Just remember, don't think, just answer. That's the, that's the best yeah. advice I can give you. <laughs> All right. As soon as we hear the music, I'll start with the questions, and we're good to go. Ready? Yeah. What's your name? Faraz. What's, how many uh, children do you have? None. How many pets do you have? None. What's your favorite time of day? Uh, this time, right this time. Right, like three hours before we sleep. Okay. What's your favorite nickname for yourself? It's uh, Faja, Faja. It's F-A-J-A, Faja. What does, that, call me that. Yeah. what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's just okay. like somebody pronouncing your name wrong. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, I, I like to read a lot. Yeah, okay. I'm a movie buff. Movie buff. What's your favorite movie? Uh, Taxi Driver. If you could have someone play you in the story of your life, who would it be? It would be Jim Carrey. I <laughs> think. Uh, yeah, definitely Jim Carrey. What's one pet peeve you have? Uh, it's the same thing. It's Faja. Fuzz, Fantastic. All right. Um, so you made it to nine, my friend. Ah. That's okay. That's still up. You're still in the upper rankings, but you didn't oh, okay. make it to the 13. Faraz, oh. thank you again so much for coming on the show. I can't tell you how much fun it's been talking to you and how interesting it is hearing about your side of the world. Thank my, you so much. Thank you. Please, my team out there, one more time, give a big round of applause to Faraz Wahid. Sure, it's canned applause, but we like it anyway. <laughs> I'm honored, Rich. I'm honored. Thank you. And thank you out there for listening to Team Building Around the World. If you like this show, please share it with a friend or a colleague. We'd be grateful if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts and leave us that favorable review. If you don't have a favorable review to add, just forget about it. It's fine. Now, all past episodes can be found at teambonding.com. And as always, my friends, I have been Rich Renansland. This has been team building around the world and always remember if you are within the sound of my voice you're now on my team and i am always on yours thanks everyone and we'll see you next time
It's been said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your coworkers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results. 